What up, what up, what up? Good morning between two posts fans. It's uh, 8.19 a.m. Tuesday, October 25th. We are uh, punching out an episode. The boys are, <laughs> we're down bad. We're grinding this one out. Uh, we're here for episode 45. We're going to give you a spookier Halloween themed episode. Well, not necessarily spooky, but we just got some funny stories to tell. And some of them are I'd scary. Say, uh, yeah, I'd say some of them are pretty spooky. Yeah, for those of you, for anyone that hasn't played junior hockey yet and is going to try to, this might scare you out of it. But uh, um, Kyle, how are you feeling? How are we doing this morning? Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're here. <laughs> as uh, what what is it? As the the early worm gets the bird, so <laughs> exactly. that's how, that's how we're doing. <laughs> oh, Evan, what's up, man? How's uh how's the land? Good, just uh, way too busy and uh, beautiful morning though. And yeah, yeah. Well, so what? What was up with like last night when we would typically record? Apparently, we were at your uh, at your convenience. Well, Kyle, <laughs> uh, Friday and Saturday combined i spent about 24 hours winterizing a patio and then opening a 10,000 square foot indoor volleyball complex mm. um and then yesterday uh went to work in the morning went to uh after work or left for columbus at 11 for the ohio bar owners uh association little seminars and convention and then uh, got home around eight o'clock at night uh, from Columbus and then proceeded to go to North Olmsted Ice Arena and run a goalie lesson from oh, nice. 10 to 11, 10 at night. Nice. <laughs> so I haven't had any time to really even breathe lately, um, but we're grinding. I got my Bucky's cup and I got my cup of mud and I got two good buddies on a zoom call right now and i'm not gonna complain okay what a... i don't think kyle's eyes are open to be honest <laughs> he looks more asian than i do kyle are you there what do uh what do you learn at a at a at a bar conference like they're just like oh happy hours are only these days of the week um well there was like there was a couple seminars the we didn't, we, the only one we went to was there was one where it was just a, uh, like sports gaming is legal in Ohio, January 1st. There's mm. one where it was, uh, just a panel of all the, the sports gaming companies, like the, the big wigs forum, like they were up there and, uh, it was just like a guided discussion by the guy that runs the association. But, um, I mean, there was like one on, uh, like your, uh, accounting practices to like help you avoid audits and uh there was one like on um training your bartender like different stuff and then afterwards there's like all the vendors so i mean there's all the beer companies liquor companies equipment towels insurance like oh, so they, there was some uh some free samples going around is what you're saying yeah there was i didn't yeah. touch them but there definitely was i got a sick new hat uh it's actually nasty from one of the beer companies i've never even heard of it and i had to act interested and their stuff was for about five minutes to get it but i got the hat 
<laughs> mission oh, accomplished. Um, <clears throat> Evan, did you give uh, the all the other, you know, I, I don't know if you're looking out for the ben- best interest of your competitors, but did you give them a long list of players that they should not let into their bar now that gambling, sports gambling is going to become legal? <laughs> I don't know the the short. I think I got a pretty short list of of guys that are uh, that that can't keep up with it. But um, <laughs> uh, you just gotta you gotta want to you want to keep everybody informed, right? For for the greater benefit. I do have a question though, Evan. So like you saw, I'm assuming like FanDuel, DraftKings, all those like major brands that are coming so, in. So it was uh like FanDuel, DraftKings. So it's Ohio. There's like three implementations of it there's like type type a i think is like your fan duels draft kings barstool sports book uh like yeah whatever it is and then type b is like you run your you run your own book um so that that's like the casino like the casinos the racinos um all like the calves uh browns indians are gonna have a book out of their arenas that's crazy (laughs) and then are you guys like realistically or not realistically but like legally could you guys do your own book now that it's legal so type type so to just to finish and then i'll this will explain the answer is type c is like the is like bars they bring in like a proprietor so like the proprietors and the bars it's all paper slip betting so like type c it, it'll be like uh different comp there's like right bet there's uh jj vent like it's like companies that aren't like super big mobile yeah. gambling but to so legally we we could have and actually like they suggest like the company we went with because we're like a bigger operation they're like oh maybe you could do it but it ended up being each county is only allowed five type b's Mm -hmm. so there's uh the browns the calves the indians uncle jack which is like the big casino down downtown and then jack thistledown racino or whatever which is like a which is like out uh, on the other side of other side of town, but that's the five for the county. So we automatically pretty much like Razzles and Olmsted Township, if they go up for a Type B license, isn't going to compete with the Browns. The Browns, or you know, you know what I'm saying. So it's yeah. just kind of... it was March 22nd, and the uh, St. Louis Blues were in town visiting the Buffalo Sabers. During the game, there's a small scrum, and Steve Tuttle of the Blues and Uwe Krupp of the Sabres crashed hard into the goal crease during a play. As they collided, Tuttle's skate blade hit the right front side of Clint Malarchuk's neck, severing his car- corroded artery and partially cutting his jugular vein. With blood gushing out, Malarchuk's neck onto the ice. He was able to leave the ice on his own feet with the assistant of his team's athletic trainer, Jim Pizzatelli. Sounds like a great Italian man. Many spectators were physically sickened by the sight. The excessive amount of blood that Malarchuk lost caused the 11 fans to faint. Two more to have heart attacks and three players to vomit on the ice. 
Local television cameras covering the game cut away from the sight of Malarchuk bleeding after noticing what had happened. And Sabres announcers Ted Darling and Mike Robotai were audibly shaken. At the production room of the National Cable Sports Highlight Show, a producer scrolled his tape back to show the event to two other producers who were horrified by the sight. Malarchuk, meanwhile, believed that he was going to die. All I wanted to do was get off the ice. My mother was watching the game on TV, and I didn't want her to see me die. Aware that his mother had been watching the game on TV, he had an equipment manager call and tell her he loved her. Then he asked for a priest. Uh, I had some other notes, but from that story, he ended up going to the hospital. I guess he ended up with like over 300 stitches to like zip everything up. But at the end of the day, I think everyone knows this story, though, but Malarchuk's life was saved by the Jim Pizzatelli trainer because he went in. And I guess Pizzatelli is a former U.S. combat medic who served in the Vietnam War. So you want to talk about having the fucking right guy in your corner at the wrong time? Like, holy shit, because he went in there and just pinched it off. Because if it, if it would have kept gushing, like all of his you know blood yeah. would have just been on the ice, which is terrifying. So, but yeah, um. I feel I feel for Clint Malarchuk though because you know afterwards I know he's had severe PTSD, uh, which led to some other issues. But uh, I hope all is well with him today, and hopefully he's on the path of recovery. Dude, wow! Yeah, scary story. Actually, I used to tell that same story back when I was in college. I was doing this uh, for a kid. We were doing uh, a presentation for like crowdfunding because he was building a neck guard with it was like all Kevlar or something. And it had this D3L foam padding before D3L was even really big. So the kid who was doing it was ahead of his time, but uh, yeah. So I'd cry. Dude. I remember, I remember in college, like we were, I forgot who we were playing, but Napes like had someone come into him, like skate up and the guy didn't go like anywhere near deep enough, but Napes had like a skate cut right here. Oh geez. Dude, I'm not kidding. I like the like the Monday after that series, I went to Timmy and <laughs> you guys got an order for it for a neck guard with like another inch extended. Yeah, it was uh, like the I, tallest one that we had. Yeah, the tallest Michigan. one you guys would make. And I, I tried wear <laughs> I tried wearing it for a few weeks, but for whatever reason it was just too tall. I was so used to the little stubby one. Yeah. Too tall, but that, that that's one of my biggest fears. Terrifying. It's so uh, scary. Who wants to take the reins on the next one? I mean, what what direction do we want to go? Do you have anything like like gory like that, Evan? Or like, because I mean, I just have like just. I don't like, really, I don't really have anything necessarily scary. I just have like ridiculous things that happen. Bounces or whatever you want to call them. Give All us right, whatever I'll, you got, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, let's see here. I got a whole list, so I'm gonna say. Uh, just, just some absurd stuff that's, that's happened over the years. Um, one of them that was, was just kind of funny, but like, obviously a nightmare situation is, uh, we, we started the year with, with three goalies in New Hampshire and, uh, we actually all like got along super well, like probably one of the closest net groups we've had. Um, we, we had like three preseason games. We went three and oh, I think, I think. I had a shutout and the other two games were like one goal game or like a shutout. Like, like we all three played nasty. We're like, all right, this is going to be a fun year. And uh, like that same week, 
uh, I don't know, we're all hanging out and like one of the guys comes by and, and uh, he's like, oh, like one of our goalies just got traded. And we're all three together right there. We're like, what? <laughs> and and we're like, a well, bomb who? to drop on you guys. And they're like, well, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly who, but like we just traded a goalie. And and like we're all three just like, what in the world just happened? Like we all played sick. Like, so yeah, just an absolute like nightmare situation. And I don't think we found out for like another day or two. So like it was just kind of awkward between the three of us until we finally figured out, like, oh geez, like that that's kind of just brutal like who ended up getting the boot uh it would have been Aiden Curry who's a beauty worked out for him he he ended up uh starting then where he went and then went on to uh didn't he commit d3 yeah he's in um Brock Brockport Brockport SUNY the SUNY school's pretty hard Uh um Kyle were you shitting bricks thinking you were getting the gas yeah I, I mean I mean, uh, later that year, I did get traded anyways, so I guess it would have just he, – he ended up making out probably the best out of the three of us because he, he kind of – our team was – a uh, most of my stories are from this team, so <laughs> <laughs> you'll find out why he, he got the, the better end of the stick there. Dude, um, that, that makes me uh, – when, when I was in Wheeling um, – I, I, it was so funny. I was literally sitting – playing xbox with uh matt miller who's all who's also on wheeling and we're sitting there and you know we're in between games and, you know I, I pop on twitter you know i sc- i scroll down pretty decent amount and then i refresh twitter and i see uh i, I see as soon as i refresh it like the first tweet in my feed stefanos lekas gets traded from uh i think it was like orlando or something mm-hmm. to wheeling <laughs> and I literally like I literally like over over my my headset to Millsy. I'm like, well, yeah. uh after I get off here, I'm gonna start packing up. He's like, why? I'm like, Lekas just got traded here. And then uh, you know, I'm whatever, like I just go through the rest of my day and the next the next morning I set my alarm a little bit earlier. Uh and I, I get up and you know, hanging out, whatever, waiting, had breakfast, coffee and then I, uh, I, I get a call from uh, the coach. Actually, the one thing I will say about Wheeling is, like, Billy Higgins, legend, like, best equipment manager ever. Derek Army, like, the mo- one of the most honest coaches, like, at least in my experiences and in the minors I ever had where he would, like, actually tell you straight. And and uh, he, call- he called me and he's like, hey, Moiser, could you come over to the rink? I'm like, yeah don't worry I'll bring my bag too and I think he thought it was kind of funny and I walk I just walked into his office with my with my bag and uh he's like yeah well obviously you can uh you can put two and two together and I'm like yeah no worries like I get it it was just like it it was all just it was all just funny because it's like one of those things where you know there there was like there was nothing that said like I had to go anywhere but I feel like once you do it for a few times you just understand it but yeah I mean, it's it's similar to the sense where you, you knew you were gone or someone was getting traded, but yeah. it was just how you found how you find out. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same thing for us. It's like it's another guy on our team who heard a rumor of like one of us is gone. And same for you. Like you see something posted of like this just nasty goalie just got traded to your team. You're like, OK, 
I, I can do the math of what's going on. Yeah. I, like I, I immediately got on the phone with uh, Nick Nieder and I was like, Hey, like, do you guys need any goalies down there? Which, <laughs> that place, Vermillion County was a different story, but that's for, yeah. that's for another day. Um, <clears throat> I think the only difference or the only, I guess, note I would have is you could have handled it another way too, is like you go in there and you act like sarcastically over the top shocked and you can be like, what? <laughs> Oh my I'm, get, I'm getting released. Are you kidding? And You're just give him that go. treatment. This is, I, I, this is, I'm being blindsided right now. Like, I can't yeah. believe this. I just, I bought a house in Wheeling. <laughs> you gave me my housing letter. Yeah. We don't give out housing letters. This is the fucking coast, buddy. <laughs> Holy. Um, I got a quick one for you. So this was <clears throat> special to me and near and dear to my heart. This was outside of the Lonnie Kai. Uh, you know, I was down there for college roller. We lost. I gave up like a shitty. I think we were in double OT and double layered traffic in front. Guy fired it. And I just didn't see it. Went down blocker side low goal. It's over. We're all getting smashed on the beach. We're, you know, just crushing beers, getting annihilated, um, trying to forget everything. And we're outside the Lonnie Kai. And one of the parents that was with the group of guys, players. It's like, hey, like, I'm going to get out of here, guys. I'll buy you a case of beer. So me being, like, the youngest of the guys I was with, they're like, Everett, you're carrying this. I'm like, all right, no big deal. One of the guys next to me asked for a beer right away. I go, all right, like, I don't don't care. Like, take one. We're walking down the sidewalk, crossing Lani Kai, and I got a case in my hand. A cop from the other side, like, I watched him come down, headed north, flicks his lights. I'm like, oh, shit, I hope he's not coming for us like ripped through the median, drove up on the sidewalk, parked his car sideways, sirens going, lights on and everything like that. I'm like, you know, borderline naked. I got bathing suit on, flip-flops, no shirt. I have nothing on me. And he rolls up. He goes, what What are you guys doing? And it's clear, like, you're in Fort Myers. You're on spring break. We're all, like, getting drunk, and we're a bunch of college kids, right? He rolls up and says, hey, like, you guys can't be drinking on the sidewalk. I go, like, I'm carrying the case like nobody's had any beers. Like, we're not drinking on the sidewalk. He goes, watch your mouth and the way you talk to me. It's like, shit, okay. Like, I'll settle down. Um, so he sits us down on these steps that are right there. And he walks over to the bush and he pulls a beer out and, like, dumps it out in the bush. And he goes, whose was this? And there was a kid. The kid who took the beer was somebody I hated because he was just, like, a shit bag, like, selfish guy, like, really just bad teammate. So I'm like, oh, fuck, this isn't going to go good. The cop asks me and he goes, who's drinking this beer? I go, I don't I don't know. I was just carrying the case. And at the time, I'm 20 years old. I don't have an ID. And like, I'm going to get mipped. And I'm in Florida (laughs) and I have no clothes on. And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know. And he goes, quit being a smart ass. Makes me stand up, turns me around. I put the case down and he cuffs me and throws me in the back of the car. And I'm sitting in the back of the car. My my back's just on that plastic hard seat. I got cuffs on. I'm like, this is it. Like, I'm going, I'm finally going to jail. Like, they got me. And he comes back and forth from the car. He's talking to the players. He's talking to the team. He's talking to me. And he goes, what, do you, what are you here for? And he said, we just lost a hockey tournament. Like, we're just going to Lonnie Kai. We're going to drink and, like, hang out. Like, no big deal. Walks back to them, comes back to me. He goes, are you 21? You're carrying that case around like you're 21. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and he goes, well, where's your ID? And I, I lied to him because like when you go to the beach, you park at the you know car park or whatever. I go, it's back in my car, blah, blah, like all my stuff's there, my phone, my ID. And he slams the door. He goes, likely story. So I'm like, shit, I'm going to jail because he's starting to get like more and did, more pissed. You, you actually didn't have your phone, though. 
on I didn't have like I legit didn't have anything. Yeah, I was just, yeah, like that, he I couldn't prove anything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh so then he comes back and I'm like, no, I'm shitting my pants, I'm going to jail, like this is it. And uh he went to talk to one of the dads and like the dad explained it and like all the stories were true. So he eventually let me out, but I was legit in the back of that cop car shitting bricks. Like, no, this is it. I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to have to get a lawyer. I'm going to have to get out of here. Cause I got to like fly back the next day. Like oh. our flights the next day, like terrible situation. All you so, got to do next time or anyone listening, if you like, if you just say, Oh, we're, we're from like here, like if you make, and then like, if they know that every guy has an out of state ID, like it's a headache for them to, to run it all. Cause it has to go like through your state system. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that saved me on a, on a ticket in Wisconsin. Yeah. We, we were, we actually had very similar event to that Everett uh, where like a, a group of us went out and, and same, we were actually, we went to a water park, I think. We were like drinking in the parking lot and a cop pulled up and they were basically just searching for uh, like underage drinking. And um, the, what, what's no joke saved us was every single kid on the team had a license from a different state. <laughs> and the cops, the cops like, no way. Like he's like, he's like, there's fifteen different states here. And I guess like, um, I'm pretty sure like, so someone's parent was like a lawyer and kind of explained it to like, yeah, like they would have had to like run it through like that state system, but like for each one and like, they're like, like the, it's not even worth it for them to, to do that. So we're going to take a real quick break from the show to talk about one of our presenting uh, sponsors here. And that is easy crease. Take your goaltending development to the next level by giving your goalies a crease every drill as they should have. I'm sure you remember when you were a kid, you're doing half ice stuff and you have no idea where you're at. You're lost, no man's land, wrong turn at Albuquerque, you know, stuff like that. Easy crease quickly and easily gives goalies a crease anywhere on the ice. It works great for small area games, goalie clinics, or just anytime your goalie doesn't have a crease. Be sure to order now at www.easycrease.com, spelled exactly how it sounds, or check them out on Amazon. Back to the show. Yeah, like, fuck it i don't want to do the paperwork i'm just gonna let these kids drink in the parking lot yeah well i he, he made us you know like clean it up and be like all right just go like, like you know i think we went into the water park at that point but i mean we were all just happy to like like at least you know be not in the back of a cop car and, and going somewhere else so dude beautiful say yeah. i mean uh doesn't have to do with drinking but like going to the the id thing or the the uh the state the state line thing when i was uh it was my second year u18 um and like our season finished up and for like the last however many weeks of the season i went up to uh i went up to janesville and i was just skating with the with the jets and uh because obviously larry's there and larry's the an absolute legend and goat looks out for the boys shout out Larry Clemens and the HPG fam but uh no he uh so my uh my my mom's from Wisconsin originally too so we we just drove like we just drove up together and I was just staying rather than try and find a billet or make him pay for a hotel I just stayed at my my uh grandma and grandpa's with my ma and uh so uh, we took up like we, she had like a 06 
town and country or something like that. Just this old ass minivan. And every day I, I, you know, I'd get up, I'd drive to practice and, you know, I, I'm one of those guys where I like to be at the rink really early and hang around and kind of, you know, get into it. So the one day I left a little later than normal and Wisconsin, like Wisconsin, like there's obviously highways and stuff, but a lot of it's uh, a lot of it you can do on the back roads. So I'm, I'm going down back roads. I'm whatever. And, you know, I, I'm just hauling ass. I'm not even paying attention to the speed limit or whatever. I'm just <laughs> going and, and I, I go like, I go around this one turn and I look up and coming the other way is a, is a whatever County Sheriff. And I'm, I just fly by him and I'm like, fuck. Well, I look in my, I look in my rear view. I'm like, please keep driving. Please keep driving. Please keep driving. Nope. Rips a Yui hauls ass gets behind me. Whatever. He's, he's like, do you know how fast you're going? I'm like, honestly, officer, I, I have no idea. Like I was just a little late. I'm, you know, going to skate with a hockey team. I was a little late for practice. Like I wasn't late at all. I was still early. So. <laughs> we're still showing up three hours early. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I was like, yeah, I was a little late. I was just trying to make up some time. He's like, you were just going tw- or uh, you were going 80 and a 55. Like you were going 25 <laughs> over. Like that's, that's criminal speed. Not to mention you were going around a turn at the time. You said, you said 55 over? I was going 25 over. I was going 80 and a 20, 80 and a 55. So 25 over. And uh, I'm like, ah, like, man, I'm really sorry. Like, he's like, man, like I can legit, you know, take your car and like whatever right now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really sorry. He's like, he's like, you know, whatever. And so he's like, do you have your ID? And I'm like, yeah, like I just got to grab it really quick. And so preface this in Ohio, it's like a normal thing where if you have a family member that is a, a police officer, like you give them they, the both, they'll give you, they'll give you like a little, a little badge. It says like, like no whatever, way, whatever police, like no way, or uncle or aunt or dad or mom. So like I was in, this was like my, my, uh, moms or whatever. So I had like a little, a little badge that said, uh, like Brexville police aunt mm. and so I, I like took my id out of my thing and i like put it in this little in this little wallet that had this and i like i like handed it to him like yeah here it is he's like what is that he's like are you a police officer i'm like no like it's it's just like it's like an ant it's like a i don't know if you guys have ever seen those like fraternal order police cards yeah and mm. it, i mean it's like it's no different than that you know like when you you show like the cop that you're like a, a fraternal order police yeah. order or whatever it is and uh like this guy just goes off he's like i'll, I'll be right back and he's like give me the badge too it's <laughs> like well i called my supervisor and let me tell you like you're really you're really really lucky and he's like you know i i was going to i was originally going to you know take you for whatever like the criminal speed or whatever and then now i can take you for impersonating a police officer i'm like uh, sir i didn't like i was like I, I really didn't think i did anything wrong like at this point i'm freaking out I'm like sir I, I really didn't think i did anything wrong like i was i i just thought this was like this is how it is in ohio like he's like no we don't do it like that up here and this guy like 
whatever lost his mind he ended up he he didn't he just he confiscated the badge and then he took like you know five uh he took five miles an hour off the speed so it wasn't that bad but it was still like a six point thing on my oh, leg still yeah he still dinged he still you fucking through the book at you yeah i but, thought you were i thought you were gonna get out of it and then oh hell like, no i got Dude, hell no screwed and then he uh he ended like but the thing is is like because it was in wisconsin it was six points and wisconsin doesn't communicate with ohio so i had no points on my license because oh, you, like, yeah. you get 12 or whatever but um no and then you my have a, but you have a but you have a warrant in wisconsin yeah i got, <laughs> can't go back i'm wanted in nine counties in wisconsin now but no like the guy my cousin ended up calling like the cop and like getting it all sorted out and like yeah. he, i think he just he thought he thought it was like an actual badge and like i was trying to pass myself as a cop and I, cause I, I, I guess I just didn't do it right. Like, I guess you're probably supposed to say, oh yeah. And like my cousin's a cop in Brexville. Like this is yeah. my little family badge or something like that. I, and I like, I you're don't like, know, <laughs> yeah, he's left you know who I am. <laughs> yeah. I just remember, I just remember like, cause legit. And it's, it's so funny. Cause like my, my, obviously like my parents know how I drive. So like every time when I leave, my mom would be like, don't speed Evan, like cops all over out here. Like I know it's back roads, but they love to, they love to get people. And I mean, probably like Ohio played, he sees that he's really licking his chops too. But I think it was like a, like a 275 or $300 ticket too. So yeah, it hurt the pocketbook and uh, definitely, definitely put a little bit of fear of God into me. Yeah. Officer Moy is reporting for duty. <laughs> no, that was uh, that that's my uh, my running with the yeah. law. Story. I, so don't, I, just, I don't drink, to, so I don't have any of those. But just to piggyback on that one, uh, when I was out in Kansas with Emil Granso, I know Ev knows him. I don't know if you know him, Evan. I play you ripping him. around in a Mercedes, dude. He, I think he had like a Cadillac SUV. But anyways. <laughs> And he's uh, an import. He doesn't even live here. Yeah, he bought it. Dude, he bought the car over here. I know. It's nuts. So, anyways, <laughs> we would uh, probably once a week uh, at the Expo Center, they would take out the, the ice or leave the ice in. There was also, they'd leave it in, and they would do uh, motorbike racing on the ice. That's sweet. And so, what that did is we couldn't practice there for that week because there there's either dirt in there or, like, they're literally just racing them in the arena Mm -hmm. on the ice. Uh, So what we would do is every day, this is is what we did. We we would, our gear would stay in the room there because like to air it out and like wash stuff, like we'd bring it back there every day. And then we'd have to go to a different rink to practice. But as you might guess, there's not many rinks in, in Kansas. So the closest one was actually, I believe over the line in Kansas city, Missouri, Missouri, which was like an hour 15 drive. So, uh, I, I hopped in the car with Emil, and, uh, he's like, all right, like, and the speed limit in Kansas, I think was like 70 miles an hour already. Like, so you can already kind of buzz like, and most guys, yeah, you can probably go eight, you can probably get away with like 85. Emil's going, I don't know, one thirty in a, in an, like a big old SUV. And uh, he ends up getting pulled over and got like criminally charged. I think they took his car. He had to, he had like three court dates he had to appear in. Like it was like, it was a big deal. Like he couldn't drive the rest of the year that season. 
Holy shit. Yeah. Wild. He's just redlining an SUV through the middle yeah. of nuts Topeka, Kansas. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also like, dude, like Kansas, like it's the speed limit should have been a hundred there because there's no there's Nothing. nobody on the road. There's, part, there, there's parts of Texas where it's 80. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, dude, if you're in the if you're in the boon, it might as well be the autobahn, dude. Like if you're in the boon. Yeah, the thing is, like, they, why are you why are you pulling someone over on those roads? Like there's well, clear he's doing 130, so <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it's not like, like, I, I, the only place I actually agree with speed limits is like downtown areas, neighborhoods, like places where like you could injure a pedestrian or something like that. Um, or like, I mean, a, like I could get behind a congested, like a, a highway that's like heavily used, but once yeah. you like, man, there's some, like, I'm, there's every state, there's parts of it where it's like, there's nobody around. There's nobody here. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe he was fucking ripping one thirty yeah. in a can. <laughs> yeah, he got he got dinged like hard. I don't I don't know if he that might have been like it for his driving in in the U.S. too. I don't know if he ever got his license back. So. Was he pressed about it or did he not give a shit? Oh, I think he loved it, dude. Yeah, like I think the first day he was kind of like, like, oh, this sucks. My car's yeah, gone. <laughs> like, like, because I think he knew. I think like the cop like told him everything. It was like, you're gonna lose your car. You're gonna lose your license. There's probably like a thousand dollar fine. Like, so he was, but then after that, I think like just the story itself, he was like, yeah, like, He's I like, got, yeah, just, just keep the car. I'm probably going <laughs> to leave it at a parking lot at the end of the year anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah. Also, Emil, known for uh, giving away like his pads at the end of the year to guys. And they we're not even them. giving them away, just like leaving them at his old billet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and like people would just use them for street hockey the next year. So like there was like at that time, I don't know, like Bauer one X or two X's. Yeah, like some, guys, some guys using them in like in the street for road hockey, and you're in Kansas. You're like, what? And then it's like, oh, was a meal left those. <laughs> well, I, I mean, Cal, do you remember how long ago that was? Really, we when you were in Topeka, what four yeah, or five 20, years? Twenty seventeen. So yeah, so, like, dude, Emil was in Topeka when I was in Wichita Falls. That was like eight years no that was like seven years ago yeah yeah old um two years pro four years school it's like seven years ago yeah anyways uh i i if topeka was still a team the next year i think at the showcase i saw a kid wearing stuff that looked really familiar i'm like where'd you get that stuff he goes because he was from topeka i'm like did emil leave that he goes yeah dude i got his billet house he's got like two sets of gear in there and i just use it whenever i need to like my shit's all beat up and i'm like way to pass it on Emil. like not not actually passing it on but just like coincidence by leaving it there you gave it to another kid so yeah yeah uh, but he had new stuff anyway so it, it's not like he was going to touch it again so he had new stuff every like two months so yeah all right i want to i i got uh like probably 10 more minutes so i i, I kind of want to rattle through some go ahead you tell us about new hampshire thing. yeah so uh well first i'm going to start off i'm just going to go in order here so uh my first year junior, we move into our, our billet houses. Um, this year, I'm up and down between uh, Topeka and Atlanta, like all year, probably six trips. So one, that's it was just a nightmare, like all the time. Once a month, I'm like driving there, driving back. It was like an 18-hour drive or something. Sweet. Um, yeah, brutal. So you guys know uh, Elijah Gibbons? <laughs> yeah, University of Alabama. 
Yes. So we uh, we go into his billet house and uh, like super nice lady, like very like very welcoming and like accepting of like all beliefs, People. all like just a, like a really great person. Mm-hmm. She had a son who um, like was off to college and there was a, a kind of like a uh, in-law suite or whatever that the son was living in. And then that became Gibby's like billet house bedroom. So we, we go in there and Gibby lays down on the bed and it's like, he, he just lays down and looks up and on, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Elijah Gibbons is black. He looks up on the ceiling <laughs> And there's a Confederate flag taped to the ceiling of his new bedroom. <laughs> and then in the film, I was like, oh, my goodness. And, like, she was, like, so, like, didn't even know how to react. She's like, I'm so sorry. I, like, believe me, that is not mine. And, like, she, and I, I guess it was, like, you live in the South. I guess the son was, like, a frat guy. And was like, oh, I'm going to put this Confederate flag up here. And no, no concern of, like, oh, you know. A black hockey player might live here one day and just uh and he handled it well he, he just kind of laughed it off but um yeah just i mean for especially while we're, we're trying to broaden uh you know being more inclusive in the sport it's uh <laughs> stuff like that where you're like oh Play, playing in atlanta maybe not maybe not yeah. a great idea was it, i thought he was yeah. like from atlanta though he is yes he is but uh like I think he had like a two hour commute type of thing. So like, he's not like actually from Atlanta. He's like from uh, like a, outside, a, outside, but yeah. But um, let's see. So, so that same year, then we just all the time, like pregame meals were just not, shouldn't have been allowed. Like McDonald's canes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Any, like, yeah. Like, like gas station uh, subways, and I'm talking like probably within two hours of like puck drop. So multiple times, like we, we had like actual issues of, of like guys all having to use the, the shitter, like during warmups. Cause like <laughs> they gave us McDonald's before the game. Good thing um, you had the open door shitter. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like crazy. Um, I, I'll, I'll go into the, some of these another time. We'll have to remind me my, first Topeka billet that's like an entire pod in itself um (laughs) so I'd say the next big thing that happened uh in Atlanta so whenever I'd go down to Atlanta I just thought I was like too good to be there type of thing and um I mean part of it I did play like nasty I didn't like it was just it was it was such a big gap between the null and the NA3 when I was in the null like I struggled and then I'd go to the NA3 and I could play like blindfolded and still like <laughs> too good so when i was down there i i there was a game i let up like a center ice like dumping kind of thing um like the guy dumped it in i think it was going like wider than that like by like two feet and i tried to like like paddle down stop it and play it and it just it hit my stick and went in the net and uh I don't think I handled it like, like great. Like I kind of was just like brushed it off. I think we won the game anyways. And like, I was like, whatever, like I'm still like too good to be here type of type of attitude. So our next day in film, our coach was, uh, 
a little immature, I'd say. He our our film day, he had the clip of the goal just on repeat. That was our film day. Like the whole team's just sitting there. He just keeps playing this clip. He's like, Kyle, like, so what, what could we improve here? And I'm like, dude, it's it's the center ice like dumping. Like, what why are we watching this uh, in film? And like he wouldn't like move on until like I either I, I don't know what he was looking for, but like we we ended up like really getting into it. I was like I was ready to like leave the team at that point because I was just you want me to take your test, I'll take you for yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um we ended up we ended up kind of getting along after that. I think it kind of like we got on the same page then, whereas like before there was a little bit of like I the coaches did want me there. I think they just wanted me to like buy in more. Yeah, not have a shit attitude. <laughs> yeah, not have a shit attitude. Um, so anyways, end of oh the bus that year our we had a team bus that broke down every single road trip so i will send you the clip but we would have guys like on this 20 hour bus trip we'd break down in texas we're all wearing our like track or, or like track suits in like 110 degree heat and the bus driver would like call guys out and be like hey guys like you got you got to hold this you got to turn this you got to fix this and like our our team would be out there like fixing the bus, like in our in our track suits. So I don't know. I've never seen that before. I would just start videoing, and I'm like, "There's no way this is real right now." Like our our a hockey team is being directed by this bus driver of how to fix his bus that breaks down every trip. More hands make for less work. Yeah. Uh, let's see. From there, we'll we'll, we'll go into playoffs. From there, um, we we weren't expecting to win our first round of playoffs. So our like agreement with the rink ended after that week. So for the next, the next series, we didn't have a rink. So we, we all had to take our gear, like even out of the locker room, we had to move out of the entire rink. Our, we took our gear to our billet houses and then our coaches, like for the next, for like a couple of days in between are like trying to just find any rink that we can rent ice in. So we ended up like, finding a rink like 45 minutes away and we all had to like drive there and drive our gear home every day and back to the rink whenever there was like a game or practice and like our times were were stupid like i don't know like a 10 30 tuesday night. at tuesday at like 11 a.m we were playing a game because that's the only time we could get ice <laughs> we didn't we didn't have it for that second series and i think we ended up getting swept then probably i mean we we might have lost anyways but definitely like just what team was it this was Atlanta. Oh, that's fucking great. Yeah. That's like, uh, I feel like that's a normal. I remember at OSU one year, like there was something where the one weekend, if, if we would have had to play at home, we ended up having to play in the road, I think. But if we would have had to play at home, I don't know if either of you guys have ever seen OSU. Like we have like the Schottenstein Center, which is like a big, beautiful 18,000 arena, like way too yeah. big for even college hockey. And then uh, we have our practice rink, which is like, right down the road on lane and it's legit uh i have you got kyle you've probably been to janesville with topeka right yeah 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 evan yeah. you've probably seen janesville in pictures i've been i've been in there i went to go visit cole brady was literally there Sam yes yes literally our women's rink our our women's rink is pretty much like janesville like yeah. Super low ceilings, like the rafters that like hang through the through the stands. Like we would have had, we would have had, like we were about to have to play like 
a game there, which would have been nuts. And I mean, like, even uh, I remember the year, the COVID year when I was in um, Jacksonville, I think, uh, I think South Carolina for a while had to play at like a community rink. Like they weren't <laughs> playing at, like the, the Stingrays had to play at like a community and for playoffs too. That's I remember they were literally playing playoff series in like this little 500 seat, you know, steel, uh, steel bleacher community rink. It's just, it's so crazy how like these agreements work and like team, yeah. teams just don't like set them like pay the, pay the extra thousand dollars. So you don't end up, or however, I mean, I don't know how much it, maybe it is like a big difference, but pay the extra, how many ever thousand dollars just to keep the rink for an extra three weeks. So in case you do make playoffs, <laughs> You don't have to be embarrassed about where you're playing said playoffs. That's that's way too much money for these teams. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. From there, from there, kind of goes in, into the New Hampshire year. So what I what I might do? Can I call you call back into this in like ten minutes and, and yeah, go that. So okay. yeah, Evan, fire up whatever you got. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm trying to fix my cord here because my computer's getting low. But no, I was I I brought up the that like the way everything went down in Wheeling earlier. But I figured I thought this one was was kind of funny. Just my last uh, my last two weeks in Knoxville, I uh, I just had like the most wild ride of my life. So uh, the first weekend we're playing uh or like the the my second to last weekend there we're playing uh i think i think it was like roanoke and then Fay. i think we're playing back to back like friday saturday roanoke and then fayetteville and uh like the whole the whole week like the coach is telling me uh you know you're starting against roanoke you're starting against roanoke whatever like yeah and i and i think like uh just to preface it i think like like his what his his way of like getting guys going was just like trying to make them mad and like stir the pot a little bit. And which I mean, like that, that does work just for whatever reason. I, I was not very, very good like that, but I mean, some like that's just the way some coaches work and you can't really get mad about it. But um, like, it was like, yeah, like you're start you're starting against Roanoke, you're starting against Roanoke. And then I get to, I get to the uh, rink, you know, we're going through morning skate and then, and more in and, and a lot of the morning skates I did, it was like the guy that was starting would go down to the one end and take shots from the D just because it was super easy. And then the mm-hmm. the backup would go down and take shots from the forwards. And uh because it was like normally like backdoor tap ins and yeah shots from your top of your crease. And so I you know, I go down to the D end and I start taking some shots and uh Jeff Carr, the coach, he's in Norfolk now. Um, but he, he goes, Moiser, you're going to go down, uh, go down to the forward end. And I'm like, I, I'm like, why? And he's like, you're, uh, you're backing up tonight. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, so, you know, we get to, we like, and that, so that was, that was like step one. And we, we end up getting to the game and, and, uh, uh, the other guy goes in, lets up like two week ones and I go in and then we end up coming back and winning and and then like after the game he's like you know that's what I want out of you like every time like 
you got to have that fire. Like I could tell you were pissed off earlier. Like you need that. You need that. And I'm like, yeah, like, okay. And then next night we played, I think we played Fayetteville and we, I, I played and we lost like uh, two or three, one or something like that and whatever. And it's like, I'm, I'm like, all right, like everything's okay now. And then I get to the rink uh, or like, I think after the game Saturday, he might've pulled me in. He's like, Hey, like, do you need some time off or anything? Like, are, are you okay? And I'm like, no, like, I think, I think I'm all right. Like I just, I just, you know, whatever. And, uh, Monday, like I, I show up practice, you know, we go through practice and then Tuesday he's like, Hey, you know, Moiser, I, I, I think we got to let you go. And at this point, like, I think I, I had like a, not like I was, I wasn't like really playing that bad. And I, I don't know if it like, he had someone coming in or something like that. He's like, Moiser, like, I think we got to let you go. And I'm just like, like, really? Like, I, you know, I, I really didn't think anything was going that bad, you know, came in, wanted a game for Friday. And then uh, Saturday, like same thing, like did, uh, you know, did all right. We ended up losing by a goal or whatever. And it's like, yeah, like, just think we got to let you go. And I'm like, okay, like, let me know if you can figure out a trade or waivers or anything like that. And um, literally like seven o'clock that night, I got a call from him you know what? I changed my mind. You know, you, you've been, you have been good, like whatever. So like, here's the, the whirlwind starts. And then legit, I think, so we played, uh, Huntsville was really good, uh, that year. And, uh, we played them or whatever. And that weekend, that was our only game. I think it was Saturday night. And I think Friday came around and there's something, something that happened where I like, I'm trying to think. No, Friday Friday came around and another goal another goalie came in and I'm like and he's like, "Hey, I like I just want to let you know like I think I'm going I think that it was a French kid, Tristan uh Cote Cervanzi. I forgot how to pronounce his name exactly, but he's pretty mm-hmm. like younger guy like just got out of junior or whatever, like good 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 goalie and it's like, "Yeah, I think I'm going to go with him." And I I was like, "Okay, like I understand, like see what we got." And then like I I had Saturday we go it was like the same thing it was like I showed up for morning skate the day of that game and uh he's like hey uh like make sure you go down to the DN today like you're actually gonna go tonight and just like it was legit just I literally went from uh like starting a game to backing up like without like knowing and then being cut to being back on the team to backing up to starting against the number one team in the league. And it was just like, like I, I get to an extent, like getting guys going, pissing guys off, stirring the pot. But like, it was legit. Like every day it was like just a, a different roller coaster for me. But no, that was, I mean, and, and that's like at the end, I ended up going out in that Huntsville game and I played probably the worst game in my pro career. Like I, I think that was the only time I ever actually got yanked. And that was like my last game in Knoxville and it was see you later, but no, just that, like that entire sequence of events for that week was just, was so crazy for me. And I, I just remember like that. And that's the thing is like, if you're a goalie, like, I think we've talked about it before. If you're a goalie in the minors and you're not on a, show deal or an a deal like there's unless you're like a super established like played 100 games in the minors and you know 
played a lot of games and at a higher level, like you never really get that sense of comfort. I feel like, cause a lot no, of- you're fucking fighting for your life every day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And just got amplified for me in that, uh, in, the, in that, in that couple weeks. Um, I remember you calling me like, Oh, like I'm done. I'm going home. And then I saw like you played another two games that week. I'm like, what is he talking about? He's still there. <laughs> it was just, I don't know what a fucking disaster. I do. But... I, yeah. Cause that, cause that was around the time when I was trying to get that, that one mask, uh, done from Kyle and done from, yeah. Yeah. Done from Kyle. And I think Dom had to resize it or whatever, but yeah, he foamed it. Yeah. No, that dude, that was so funny. Like, and it's like, you and a lot of times like you see like you see the writing on the wall too like you you know what's coming because i remember it's the same thing like i talked about with wheeling it was when i was in jacksonville you're you know you go every day like i knew i knew normally jacksonville that year they were affiliated with winnipeg technically but for whatever reason they were working with boston so like mm-hmm. every day i'd go on uh i'd go on like the ahl transactions and see what (laughs) see what providence was doing with guys and i remember the one day like we played in florida i got on the bus after the game i hadn't checked them yet today i got on the bus after the game and uh kyle kaiser uh sent down loan to jacksonville echl and earlier in the season they had three goalies for a while so like there was like a sliver of hope i was like ah maybe i'm okay nope i i get a call like 9 30 the next morning hey (laughs) come to the rink, bring your bag. I was like, yep, I'll be there. <laughs> Story of my life, but no, it, and you, you normally, uh, I feel like once you do it for a little while, you figure it out, but I'll tell you what, it's a hell of a ride sometimes. <laughs> I don't think, uh, I mean, the crazy part is people don't realize like how fucking tough it can be and how like, you're just, you know, like you said, you're fighting for your life every day. And like, you get through a game or you get through a skate and then you're checking your phone and see like, all right, like what's my status? Am I staying or am I going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like that. And I feel like that's the thing is like a lot of these guys you get are like, you know, better goalies at, at the NCAA, better goalies at junior level where like they, they never really were. And I mean, like I, I wasn't very good where I was at anywhere ever, but uh like I was so I was kind of used to you know getting cut getting released but I feel like a lot of these guys like it gets really old really quick for them because they're so used to like having that sense of security and like you know they show up to the rink every day and they know they're the guy and you know then you get to you get to the coast and you know you might have been the best goalie at whatever school or wherever in major junior but you know there's a, a kid that's two years younger than you that they just drafted in third round or whatever. And they're He's trying coming. To, like they, they don't, they don't care that, you know, you had the, uh, the best save percentage in college hockey or whatever, like whatever he did, they, they don't, they don't care. They're trying to develop their guys because yep. that's just the way she works. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really tough spot. And like, again, if you haven't been a part of it, it's hard to understand, but like, there's always every year, I mean, except for a couple like bad birth years, but like every year there's a new kid coming. There's yeah. some hot shit coming out of like, you know, major junior, the CHL, or you got a, a college kid that just won Vesna or not Vesna, uh, Hobie or Richter award. Like what's going to happen. So I don't know, man, it's uh minor league hockey. It's like, I don't think people realize how tough it is. Um, but yeah, I do. Uh, I do have another story though for you. Hit me. 
So not to name names, but uh, there's a head coach in one of these leagues that made his equipment manager break a certain player's steal after they packed their bag and they were packing the, 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 the bus to go on the road. And he asked the equipment manager, like, don't, whatever you do, don't pack extra steel for this kid. Like, we're going to play a big team. He's not going to play. Like, I can't let this kid play. We have to do, we have to do whatever it takes to stop this kid from playing. That's coming from the head coach of the equipment guy. So they snap his steel out on the concrete. Like, they just take his skate and just start smashing it against, like, the curb. Uh, They get on the road. And, like, this is what I was talking about playing shock. Like they get they get to the rink, they open up the bag and they start to get dressed. And obviously this kid looks at his skates, he's like, I can't skate. And then he goes up the equipment manager, could, like you could you imagine being that guy? Just be like, Oh my god, what what happened? What happened to your skate? How is it broken? And then telling him, like, oh no, I don't have any extra steel for you. I cannot, I cannot believe your steel broke, and I didn't pack any 282 millimeter steel. Oh, just no. reading a note card. <laughs> and Whatever then, well will we do? No, and then, I, I, obviously, we talked about the uh we we talked a little bit before the show about the stories and and now that now that you're bringing it up and I remember the teams uh, they were because I think this might have been the year I was in the NA and I think they were they were in a pretty tight race for like the top spot in that division. Hey, so, so whatever that, it takes yeah so that might it might have been like one of the last couple weekends so no that's yeah. pretty uh pretty funny but i'd love to be the equipment right. guy pretending to run around the rink and like you go take a lap and then you just put like a little bit of water in your forehead oh like man i've been all over i just i can't find any steel for you yeah i, I just want to tell you you he literally just walked outside the locker room for 10 minutes came back in yeah i just talked to to the other equipment manager like they don't they don't have any they don't have any like we got nothing you're 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 stuck goes um, out eats a bag with some nutella on it <laughs> yeah just, you know just just called the hockey shop that's two hours away like they can't get here in time <laughs> <laughs> oh man are you are you guys able to hear me all right yeah kyle you sound, you sound great like you're talking through a potato <laughs> yeah well, I don't, I don't know if it'll work, but the, the steel story you just said, I, I had a kind of a funny similar one. Uh, this was still in New Hampshire, and my, my uh, goalie partner – here, let me try it just on the phone. Is this any better? Oh, that's money. Okay. So my goalie partner had, like, the last set of, of bower skates before, like, you could pop the steel out. Oh, uh, no. The one ninety five, maybe. So, um, he's he's playing the game, and this is when like he was kind of on a heater, and I was just like not not playing good hockey. And so he we're, we're in a pretty like big game. He goes in the first period, and uh, I think like two minutes into the period, he breaks his steel. So, like, and he, 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 like, can't fix it. Like, that's it. Like, he's done for the game, basically. So, yeah, I go in to cold. Like, obviously, that's hard to play, like, when you're, when you're not expecting to start the game. So, and I, I never, like, was one to, to prepare as if I was going to play. Like, if I'm not playing, I, I might as well be, you know, in a suit in the stands because I mean, of the year. bagels and, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, my job at that point, I'm just trying to hype the boys up. So I'm like 
trying to be a good teammate, but eating snacks and like not really doing a full warm up, not really stretching that much. So I go in just like so unprepared. I think I give up like three in the first period. We come back in, we're down like three, two after the first. And I only saw maybe like eight shots, like definitely not a good period, but our, our coach doesn't have a choice. Cause like our other goalie doesn't have skates. So I remember he comes into the room and he like his, the whole like intermission, like, talk was just to roast me basically and like telling me how much I suck and like and then halfway through his speech he goes he goes Kyle what size skate are you and then he goes to the other goalie he's like what size skate are you and it was like it was like three sizes off he's like ah fuck that won't work he was gonna he was gonna make me give my skates to the other kid <laughs> I was like, what? But I, I was also like, I'd kind of rather that because I don't really want to play this game right now. I wasn't I, like, I was like, I don't. Here, here, take him, take like, him, take him. <laughs> you should have just yeah. ripped out of your shit and threw him out. I was, I was ready to. I was like, I'd, I'd rather that because also then like, I was also kind of hoping like, okay, like he's definitely going to struggle in my skates. And then it's going to make our coach look like an idiot because our, our, this kid can't even like skate in, in my skates. And then. But yeah, just what a what a wild wild time in New Hampshire. Um, make my coach look and, like an idiot. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm like, dude, if if this kid puts on my skates and like actually can't skate, and and like we lose because of that, then it's off of me at that point. For like, if you go in halfway into a period and you give up a, a few quick ones, like I I think I can't. I don't know if I gave up a goal the rest of the game after that probably just because of how good our coach is. You know, he really got me going with he his fired you speech up. of telling me, to, telling me to get rid of my skates. For the Kyle, other just, Kyle just finding whatever way he possibly can to dodge blame <laughs> from this coach. Oh, yeah. On the other guys. Yeah. I would have – because the, at that point, like I said, like my confidence wasn't there either. So I was kind of just at the point like, okay, like, I mean, if you want to have him play in my skates, I'm – I'm kind of okay with it at this point. Like if, if that's, if that's what, what his coaching decision was. Um, but yeah. And then, and then also that year, uh, I mean, just an absolute, I don't even know where to begin. We, we, first of all, we had a sick team. So like our coach just didn't like losing ever. Um, yeah. We ended up, we ended up scrimmaging like an NCDC team who like so it's not even like league play the game didn't count and uh i didn't dress that game we we ended up losing in ot and our coach was just such a hardo that like after the game he made all all the players and scratches uh we had to put our gear on and bag skate like directly after the game so like and the other team was still there like so they're just sitting there watching us while we look like idiots bag skating and and like me and eight other guys had to go down after the game, put our gear on just to go out and bag skate. <laughs> Life in the E show, baby. Yeah. Which also I think I told the story. It happened in Topeka too. We went on a road trip to Texas, got swept, like lost each game by ten. And uh those road trips were like I don't know, fifteen, eighteen hours. So like we left and I don't know, I don't remember the timing exactly. I just, I know we got back at like 
3 a.m. or 4 a.m. or something mm-hmm. and and like directly loaded our gear off the bus, put our wet gear back on, went on our home ice and bag skated at like four in the morning. And like just everyone was puking. So that was that was probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever been a part of in juniors was getting off of a bus, putting on your wet gear after after playing a three and three, too. So like, <laughs> I mean, I didn't I didn't really play. But like, imagine a, a like a, I don't know, a guy on a, a better player for us who probably played like dumb minutes that weekend, and now 4 a.m. is bag skating in soaking wet gear. My gear was pretty dry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness for you, Kyle. Um, yeah. What else are you gonna fire up? Is Evan still here, or did he bounce? Oh, I'm no, here. he's here. We're all on oh, the call. Nice, nice. All right. It's hard to hear with my walkie-talkie right now. <laughs> your, potato, so. your potato phone? Yeah. String yeah, so we – hey, I'm – this is what you – you guys wanted to do the morning pot, so. Well, uh, this, is this is perfect. I, I feel so energized. I got my Bucky's coffee. Yeah. I will say I'm definitely, like, more awake now. Um, so we'll, I'll take it to, to kind of the end of New Hampshire. Uh I think I asked for a trade like at Thanksgiving. So like very soon into the season. Yeah. Like it was going bad. Like, like I said, like, I I mean, he's telling me to give my skates the other goalie. We're back skating after like not, I didn't even dress for a game and I had to bag skate for a scrimmage. Um, Just not, not having fun. Not definitely not what I signed up for in the beginning. Uh, So, but for whatever reason, I, I like he couldn't work out a trade for like two months until Christmas. So from or maybe whatever that is, a month and a half. So from from Thanksgiving to Christmas, I'm still on this team. And in that time was like he just he just would get so upset at everything. So um he threatened to cancel our Thanksgiving break if we if we lost uh the the game before the break and like, I think he was like actually dead serious. And, um, and he was saying like, we're going to bag skate this whole week if we lose this game. Um, and if anybody decides that they still want to go on their Thanksgiving break, believe me, they won't be on this team when they get back. So, and at this point I had already asked for the trade. So I'm almost like, Oh, I think I was like, I was like, either way, I'm going on my Thanksgiving break. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm out of here. It's not going to affect me. And the funniest part was the way it worked out was that was, like I was playing that game too. So like I kind of had the, all the boys uh Thanksgiving breaks on the line. And here I was in that, like whatever happens, like I'm, I'm going on my Thanksgiving break. Your coach doesn't put um, money on the board. He just writes Thanksgiving break. Yeah, that's what we did. So um I think it did go to like OT also. And uh like I was, I was just like, what's going to happen here? Like, I, I, w- I did kind of wish we lost to see if he was bluffing or not. Because, like, that's a pretty crazy thing to not let, like, guys go home for a week during, like, your only – you only get, like, two breaks the whole year. So. um, I, I just then, love thinking about you in the net during that game. Like, man, I should really just fucking throw this one up. <laughs> I was kind of thinking of it. So, the, the best part was I ended up – that's the team I got traded to. Um, Vermont. What it was Vermont, and they were they were like very good that year. So if we lost to them, like 
it wouldn't have been that crazy. So yeah. that was the, the weirdest part. He was just so like he couldn't handle losing. So he would just throw out these crazy kind of threats, dude. Like he didn't coach. He just threatened everybody every time. So um, Christmas comes around. Same thing kind of happening like last game before the break. And um, like he's threatening. The, he literally threatened the same thing to cancel Christmas break. If we lose the game. Like just a psychopath of a coach. And uh, we, we had a christmas tree in the middle of the room for uh for like christmas and and lights and he i think we were down like two to one going going into the third so in the second intermission he comes in and he comes in and he drop kicks the christmas tree (laughs) and and the funny thing was like everyone swears like he got like severely injured doing it but like tried to play it off but like I'm, we're pretty sure like he he broke like his foot or something when he did it because like it was it was like a a legit tree that he just came in and like kicked like kicked down so and, like he kind of like fought it off but got back up and pretended like nothing happened and then like ripped down the the string lights and slammed the door and walked out and that's how all the intermission was. <laughs> what a nut! Um, so when you say drop kick though, Kyle, did he like like jump and leave his feet? Yeah, like he he came in the room with speed and like and like <laughs> kind of put his body weight into it and like kicked the tree down. What an absolute like, psycho! Yeah, yeah. So and that was that was actually my last interaction with the guy ever because then we went we won the game, went home for Christmas break, and I got a call like, uh, actually I was kind of freaking out because I think like the first five days of Christmas break, not, heard nothing. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna actually have to like finish the season with this guy um in my age out year and so then like the day before my flight back up he called me he's like oh we worked out a trade you're headed to vermont i was like oh no way because vermont was good um like it's in a decent spot i didn't want to go to like philly or something and um i was i was pumped when i heard it was vermont because i was like we were like we were in a spot to be able to beat them too in in playoffs so i was like this is perfect um, so then we, I, I go to Vermont and Vermont was unreal. My only like kind of scary story from Vermont was every other team I played in had like, like billet situations yeah. and Vermont, what we did in Vermont was we rented out an entire floor of a hotel and the whole team lived on floor five of, uh, of this hotel and resort, which was an absolute gong show. <laughs> So we had, um, there was like, there was like a pool there with a water slide, and saunas and stuff. It was a great spot, but you have like, I don't know, 25, 30 kids who have no business living on their own, all living on, on this one floor of the hotel and no like all the time. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like we had, uh, like fire alarms would go off. Uh, people would like be just wanting a water slide at like 4am. And like, I just felt bad for anyone who ever stayed at the Baymont Inn from like, I don't know, 2015 to 2019. I think that that was like my, my year there was the last year they let the team do that. So, and <laughs> from what I've seen, it was like, <laughs> I don't know who had that idea in the first place, but it was, it was a, a absolute blast, but definitely should not have ever been allowed. Well, that's what they do for those kids uh, in Danbury with the Nall team. 
I found out really? like, when they first started the, the a few weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Like they were, they were, those guys lived in a hotel the first year. I don't know about now. Everybody was in a hotel and they had hot plates and Taco Bell and McDonald's basically every day. So dude, scary when shit. In, uh, when I was in witchy, we, uh, like, so you, we like everyone showed up at the rink. Uh, like you met, the coach like took the players aside, like all the parents kind of just hung out in a room. Coach took like the players aside, like we did like a thirty minute like intro, team expectation, but whatever. And then like, like for like, and then like everyone came back in this room, and like it was like players, like a lot of the parents and like uh, all the billet families. And so you know the coach, coach, uh, like called you know the way it worked is the coach called like a couple names you'd and then he'd say like you're with uh this billet family and you'd kind of get up you'd walk to the other side of the room like kind of you'd get to start mingling a little bit and then like call like a couple more players you're with this billet family call like another player you're with this billet family and it gets to the end and there's uh there's six players sitting there and there's just like one more, it's this old like, 85 year old guy. There's six players and this one 85 year old guy just sitting there. And like, so it's, it's me uh, and like, uh, I don't know if you guys have known any other guys, but me and five other guys are sitting there and he's like, yeah, uh, Moise, Fees, Carballo, uh, Skortsov, or- Orgel, and uh, the last guy free i don't even remember who the last guy was but he's like yeah like you guys are with uh you guys are with um don so we get to this house and it is legit it's uh there's two bedrooms and there's just <laughs> uh, three sets of bunk beds two bathrooms no wi-fi no tv no tv no television, no cable, nothing, no Wi-Fi. There is, and we're like, what the fuck? So that, and like, no food in the house, nothing. And this guy legit, like, and I, I, I think he thought it was like a thing you make money off of, like it was like rent, and that was it. Yeah. This guy was gonna. This guy offered the team to pretty much turn his house into a military barracks, and he was just gonna buy like as many sets of bunk beds as they wanted him to yeah and just keep the entire team like dude we legit like the shower in one of the bathrooms there was uh it was like shag carpet in the bedroom and like the way it was set up is it was like the bedroom is here and then there was like two hallways that came off there was like a little uh like a little sink over here a little sink over here and then a closet and then like there was like toilet, shower, bathtub, like in on the other side of the the wall. From yeah. The and you'd shower, and when you'd walk through the bedroom, you'd walk on the carpet, and it would just be soaked. The shower would leak through the through the like I don't know if it was like something under the shower or the shower like the floor of the shower had holes in it or something. And it would just run into the bedroom. So legit, our bedroom floor would just be like this wet shag carpet 24-7. I mean, there's six guys using one bathroom. There'd always be someone showering. Yeah. And like, it ended up... Oh, like, man. 
I think the guy, the guy started because the team came to him and they're like, Hey, like you got to buy him food too. So like there's six guys there. I think billet fees and the Nala are like 250 or $300 a, a month. And yeah. uh, so he's, he's bringing in like a decent little check and he's like, the team goes to him. They're like, you got to buy these guys food. So yeah, he started giving us a $150 Walmart gift card. And he said, you guys go do whatever you want with it. Like $150 for, for, uh, six, you know, 20 year old guys or, you know, how yeah. old guys, like that's not even going to cover a day for us. So yeah. then it turned into like, we were still complaining and, uh, we like, there was like, these free like raisin cane gift cards so we had like a thing of like raisin cane meals like literally we need raisin cane seven days a week but we ended up uh he ended up like we just complained so much and like i think like we weren't taking as good a care of the house as he thought we dude he literally like just he he had like his little side of the house he'd stay in his room you'd never hear him and then we had our side and like just do whatever we want so i think he realized like yeah it wasn't uh it wasn't what he really thought he was signing up for but it was just crazy yeah yeah he thought he thought he's signing up for like getting tenants and, and getting paid uh exactly that's what that's what my first one in topeka was and since you went into detail i, I don't really have to go into as much but like very similar where it was a it was a single mom and and she thought this was like an opportunity for her to make money on and like you said like it's 250 a guy and you're supposed to provide food so similar thing we had uh we had four guys on the team in, oh, in no. one bedroom <laughs> and in literally one bedroom and uh <gasps> like same thing she didn't want to buy food and so then like eventually she compromised and started buying like frozen pizzas and stuff but uh i think the team either shut her down or she decided she didn't want to do it anymore after she realized like it, you're not you don't bill it to make money like you do it if you like hockey or or want to be involved with the team and just like 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 that aspect of it but like these people like thought they're gonna make a few bucks off of off off of housing like half the team in their house I mean, at the end of the day, that comes down to whoever on the team is organizing these billets because they're obviously trying to sell them an idea like, oh, no, we're going to these kids will pay you to like live there and blah, blah. And then you think about too the towns, you know, like this is going to sound shitty for me, but whatever, like the towns that these teams are in and the people that are there, obviously yeah. you guys having been there, like they don't they don't know or understand. So like you could sell them an idea real quick. And then you got Don having a military barracks set up for you guys yeah. with shag carpet and leaky showers. And Kyle, yeah. you're going to this lady who obviously probably needs the funds. And now she's losing money because she has to feed for not only 20 year olds, but like athletes too. Like you guys are burning like 6,000 calories a day with skates, workouts and all that stuff. Like <laughs> what a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, and that's the thing is like, I, I had more good experiences with billets and I had bad experiences, but it really like, and it's, I think it's, I think it's obviously really hard for te Cause like who wants to really do that? Like it's hard for teams, but it legit, like the best billets were always like grandma and grandpa, like empty nesters that just like they had, they had kids and like they get it and they legit just want like company in the house. Like my best billets were when I was in, uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. My two best billets were the second family I had in Wichita Falls and then the family I had in Wisconsin. Like the, the family I had in Wisconsin, it was like they were empty nesters and like they had kids and 
they were just the guy loved the dad loved cooking and he just like wanted someone to cook for all the time <laughs> and the mom just like love company like she'd always want someone to watch like movies with and stuff like that so it was like legit perfect and then like the in Wichita Falls it was like there was two little kids in the house and me and me and one the where I went after Don's it was like two little kids in the house and then uh like we me and the other guy I was with just shared a bedroom and it was like perfect like we just go play knee hockey with the kids or mess around with the kids and I, I mean it was like that's like the perfect situations but when people like don't like when people are legit just doing it because they think they're renting out you know a bedroom kid, it's it's a joke um evan call you guys got any more before we wrap this up no i, th- I think we got i mean a lot of them out there and we can always if we forget anything we'll do another one we'll rip it up next time uh kyle thanks for hopping on with your potato i we think i say like, they're just more what's that no, go ahead. Go ahead with your statement. I just, I think most of the stories are more just like, how in the heck is this a real thing rather than like, actually <laughs> like you're scared. So <laughs> that's, that's really what juniors is. is. You're just like, there's no way this stuff actually happens, but yeah. Well, I do have one then real quick. Uh, there was a coach uh, who had run summer camps down, uh, you know, near their local rink. Uh, and he hated when players would wear bubbles, like full bubbles with like the bottom, like youth hockey bubbles, not like a, a shield, half shield. And during those summer camps, if you wore a bubble to his camp, he would take his dry erase and draw the the drill <laughs> up on your face to try to get you to stop wearing that for the future. So yeah, that's one of those, like, how is this happening? <laughs> I love that. So, um, Evan, Kyle, thanks again for another episode. Uh, Listeners, stay tuned for new episodes every Wednesday. Listen, like, subscribe, and follow. Thanks, Evan. See ya. Peace.